what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, CEOs, people in and around the world that are in their thing, they're on their vibe, they're out thinking way outside the box. All of you know this that are listening. You probably resonate with it. You probably do things very, very differently than you were, quote unquote, told by the system. And you're probably constantly in discovery mode for something that's more of like your truth or in line with it or you're building something. Well, and you're in luck because so are all of our guests that come on the show because they would agree with that philosophy and as do I in every endeavor that I do as well too. And um, so every week, you know, I bring on these guests that, uh, as you guys know, and I say it repeatedly, I have for over 300 episodes, you know, we don't glorify or glamorize end success. It's just not overnight. It's there, there really isn't an ending. Success is different for every single person. But it's really what happens in the middle, the journey of like when you're building something, there's a lot that you realize. There's a lot of themes that you learn in your life. And I feel like those themes are great when they're reiterated to all of you. So you can see that everybody's human having human experiences and everybody's just figuring it out on the way. But they're learning things that have been very helpful to them that they'd like to pass on. And that's what we do with the show. And I'm very grateful for all of you who have been tuning in for several years. For those of you that are newer, I'm Matt Gottesman founder of uh the podcast and you and you know and if you guys can follow me at matt goddessman on instagram for any of the like five or six other endeavors that i'm involved in uh thank god i now have really great teams around me to handle it all and then you guys of course can also follow on hdf magazine on instagram where we talk about the intersection of creativity culture and entrepreneurship and of course at hustle sold separately on instagram as well you guys know i answer each and every single dm and text and i have for five or six years uh, to the best of my ability. And we've got another great show, uh, and I've got, my guest is coming in from Australia, so this is, this is uh, fantastic. Um, we're going to be talking about team and culture are, can and are really essentially the biggest factors of our success. And when we're surrounding ourselves with a really great team and having a strong relationship with them and building culture out of it, um, we, we impart a, a mission, if you will, into the world, and we're able to actually achieve a lot more. Um, and uh, we also, we can create more impact than we could if we're only self-serving, right? Uh, and so uh, great guest, Matthew Barnett, who's the co-founder of Bonjoro, uh, originally a British industrial designer and artist. So he's got that very creative brain going on, which I love, um, turned everything upside down to launch a tech company in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I also understand that. <laughs> and then after a couple of false starts, Bonjour was born from a sales hack for his first business um, where Matt would uh, send every new lead a personal video to delight and surprise them. So in essence, Bonjour, the way I, I put it, is, is a platform to send perfectly timed personal videos to boost customer engagement. Um, when I was first shown what this, the power of this can do, like put it this way, imagine if you like, and I, because I am a marketer as well, a growth marketer, imagine like somebody comes into your world, and especially since I reply to everybody, the ability to actually say, oh, hey, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our call through a video that through an app then sends it out to them and addresses them, you know, in real time, basically. And then and then you could do that, you know, after you also meet up with them. The, for those of you that are listening from a conversion standpoint um, and from just a customer centric approach, that's huge because you're actually connecting with people and they actually feel like you give a shit about them. And I preach that all the time, that that's so immensely important for connecting with the people you serve and why you're serving them in the first place. You know, if you can just get out of your ego <laughs> for whatever it is you're creating. Uh, so that's my tangent. But, you know, when customers started asking him how he could do the same thing, that's where he and the team decided to go all in on the idea. And then two years later, Bonjoro uh, had snowballed into a startup success story. Uh, Matt loves, uh, Matt's love of building great products is only surpassed by his total commitment to building great business culture. And he asserts that Bonjoro's customers as friends, there you go, culture uh, has been the main driver of the business's success. And his goal is to be the next Zappos to be most loved brand in the world. Matthew, thank you for being here, man. I, I hope that that bio did you justice. That's uh, good. Good enough. Uh, it's great to be here anyway. Thank just, you. Ju just waking up. 
Yeah. So for everybody that so for everybody that's listening, you know, he's coming in from Australia. It's five thirty in the morning. So uh, thank 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 him for this for for being here. You know, my first question is always the same. Um, what what's the story? And I loved when you were talking about in the email the, um, you know, being an artist and then you know uh, coming over into the the tech side and and the blending of the two. Uh, you can go as far back as you'd like, but how did we get here? Sure thing. Uh, look, so I, I grew up around entrepreneurs. So we, we have a family business, which, which my brother runs in the States, which is slightly unusual. Um, they make crossbows. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> so, so the biggest crossbow archery company in the world run out of the States. So I grew up in quite, kind of, quite a weird, unusual place um, in the UK. And having seen that, I was obviously a little bit obsessed with design and products and and with business, to be honest, and, and the kind of opportunities and the fun that, that it brought, it just looked like an awesome brand. So I was always going to go into that. I thought I'd go into product, studied industrial design in London, uh, ended up falling more into the art side, like I'm, I'm a true creative at heart. Um, but then having uh, fallen into surfing as well, I remember one day I was out, I think, off Scotland, and it was February and it was hailing so hard that we had to come in and hide under our surfboards on the beach. And the hell was hitting the board so hard, it dented my entire board. And I, and I went, and went out to the cars, my hands are numb, I can't get my wetsuit off. I'm sitting there, mild hypothermia. I just thought, fuck this. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, and so bought, bought a plane ticket and came to Australia. Uh, so I could get some heat, uh, get some sun. And then while I was here, I was looking for opportunities to, uh, to get into business to kind of see how I could do that. Going to a new country, because you're on your own, you have to jump into everything. You have to meet everyone. So if you want, if you want to go and do new things, honestly, like changing city, changing country mm-hmm. is a really good kickoff for that because it just forces you to be all that you can be. So I came here, uh, went on a date with a um, tech UX uh, lady. That date didn't work out, but we hit it off uh, splendidly and decided to start a company together. Um, she, she was obviously in tech. Now we started the company, we, we raised funds, out we went, it was a B2C kind of play. Um, ultimately, it didn't work. Uh, I, think, I think it was more just inexperience. I mean, let's say we, we, we raised funds, we probably worked on it for about two years. Uh, it kind of imploded a little bit. We had the whole founder breakup. Uh, which was a joy. And then out of the back of that, we started uh, in, in trying to survive. We started another company, which ended up into video tech in the research industry. And at the back of that, as you mentioned, we ended up uh, starting this company called Bonjour. We used to send videos to sales leads uh, to kind of get people to respond and get us into more meetings. We're quite gregarious as a team. I'm, I'm pretty good with people. I'm pretty good at sales. So I knew that if I get my face, well, not so much my face, because my face isn't great, but my my at- attitude in front of them, then I could go, go and win more deals. So we started doing that. People asked if they could use it. And here we are today. Mm. And and it's interesting how, first of all, I think you brought up some some incredible points that a lot of people don't realize that like, when you pick yourself up and out of one environment and put yourself into another, you'd be surprised at how much the intuition really kicks in and makes new experiences, new things happen that you didn't even know were possible before. Um, and you did that when you moved. And then that brought you to new people, new experiences, new ideas. One thing led to another. And that even though there was, you know, some uh, some startup you know, uh, hiccups along the way, it didn't matter because each new step led to ultimately creating Bonjoro. And, uh, and I think, so I think it's just incredible when, you know, thank you for sharing that because most people don't realize like, look, just pick yourself up out of it, <laughs> go somewhere, anywhere, even if it's across town, you know, just, just put yourself into a new situation and it ends up solving a lot of things. Um, how, you know, and how many years now has Bonjoro uh, been in business? Yeah. So we're actually three years. <laughs> I know it's on the buy. You said two years. I'm like, oops. Oh, no, that's yeah, okay. I figured that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we just hit our third anniversary, and so we are into year four. Is that right? Yeah. And you guys, I mean, in your 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 growth, you know, it was funny. I actually mentioned the other day to some uh, some friends here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I said, "Yeah, I've got uh, you know, co-founder of Benjoro coming on." They're like, "Benjoro, really?" And I'm like, "Huh? 
I was like, interesting. I was like, I, I've known about them for like half a year now. I was like, but, and they're like, oh yeah. They're like, what a great app. And you know, what a great, uh, you know, software. And then I was like, this is great. This is incredible. And I, I love hearing that um, because um, for being three years uh, old and having already this um, uh, knowing of, you know, the, your, the, the capabilities that your software provides, how's it been? I mean, like, how's the growth been? How, I mean, there was, there was, you know, I, when I was reading that, you were all in one office and now you're in five across five countries and nine cities in three years. I mean, that's a, that's growth. Um, and manage, and then, and of course I'd love to hear what that's been like and then managing that culture across different continents to keep that continuity and consistency and, and, uh, which I think energy travels, frequency travels anyways, but I'd love to hear your take on it and how you've been, been able to manage it. Yeah, for sure. So, so just just caveat on that, we're, we're, not, we're not a huge team. We're still quite a lean team. So we're 15, I think, mm-hmm. um, across those countries. So that growth has been driven by two things. One, here we are in Australia, and 95% of my customers are not in Australia. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so that's like part of my growth. Like, we're like, well, we have to serve customers in all these other countries. Like, so, secondly, um, honestly, it's just raw talent. So... I, I don't see why you would hire someone in the same town or city or country as you if you find the right person. Absolutely. Which now, given the fact that we're online, we're talking to people all, all, all the time, we're looking around the place and interacting. Like, like I very, really rarely meet people face-to-face these days. If you find the right person, that's it. Go for it. And, you know, depending how niche your culture is and, and your industry and stuff, it, it just makes it much easier to find the people that fit that. You don't have to... Um, make compromises, which I think is important for success. Um, and we'll come, maybe we'll circle back around to kind of culture and how that plays into it and, and kind of digging deeper. Look, the growth's growth got amazing. I think I have caught us a little bit surprised. We were looking, so we're, we're product guys, yes. Yeah? So the product team is, is mostly in Australia now, a little bit in America and Manila as well. Um, we want to build a SaaS company because we want to do the product thing. And we, tr- and we had a business already that ended up becoming more of an agency, but it was, it was a survival mode. So this thing started to go and we're like, this is great. This is us. And it's growing at whatever it was, 20% a month. Um, we're, not, we're not at 20%, we're about 10% a month. We do, we do now, um, kind of three years in. But when you see that happen and when it takes off and then suddenly everyone's coming on board who is not in Australia, uh, you have to kind of take notice to that. Mm. Um, that trajectory has continued. Uh, we are releasing a bunch of new product now. Look, we've had to make s- some team changes as well uh, to cope with that. I think one of the challenges, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I, I think one of the challenges with a fairly quick growth is that the team you start with on day one is maybe not the team you need on kind of year two. Mm. Um, and so we've had challenges whereby I think the team has outgrown, you know, a couple of people, in that team that we started with who were great when there were, you know, two of us, three of us, and we were hacking stuff out, like just getting it out as quick as we could as you start to grow. And then, and then that person's role is now like, well, you have to manage a team now and you have to hit deadlines and we have to have products that, that, that are absolutely stable because we have thousands of users. That's maybe not the right person. So we've had to, and we've, we've hit like even already some of these growing pains. Um, and I know this happens again and again and again and again, like, as you get bigger, um, but it surprises you when you hit them because I think that, that maybe is almost a, a bigger wake-up point than anything where you go, we're not the same company that we were you know, tw- 12 months ago, which is kind of crazy. You know, it, um, and by the way, we're not jumping ahead anyways. We, we, this is great because we can, we, I certainly want to talk about this. That's a very good point. Um, who you start out with is not always who you expand with or you, we finish with, uh, finish is a very weird word to me, but like, um, because when you're, when you're really, really leaned out and there's three of you or four of you, roles change as as a, a company grows and sometimes people only really fit a certain role one way that once they're required to do other things outside of that normal lane that they play in yeah it, it can be quite difficult or the role can either the role can outgrow them or they can outgrow the role or they you know so that's a very real thing that and you you hear this all the time with companies so the ability to adapt to that you know who you start out with and then who you expand with is um can probably have its you know, have its intricacies, <laughs> if you will. Um, you know, and, you know, from a culture perspective, um, 
you know, you hear companies talk about this a lot, all the time, like, oh, it's about company culture, company culture. I think sometimes people don't talk about how they're curating that culture. Like, how has that been something that, you know, is it, is it an innate, talent is talent. I, let, let me back up here, I guess, for a second. I, I was I, I, yeah. an entrepreneur that I admire really, really uh, well, huge uh, media company. He once said that um, he fired the most talented person on his team because culturally, they, um, were, they one, they were toxic and it had a ripple effect on the rest of the team that didn't matter how talented they were, that if it had a ripple effect on every single other person in the organization, both the culture and their their positivity and their their livelihood, he got rid of that that talent and then they thrived even more. Um, and, that, and not being scared to get rid of that because it's really about culture and character and really living by that because there's a lot of companies that can say that they live by that or that they, they, that they that's part of their mission but not every co- company actually lives by that mission. It seems like you do. How, how, how do you do that? Like talk about, if you, if you don't mind talking about that. Yeah. So, so we, we, we had a, a key team member uh, that we ultimately asked to move on. So we go directly to that point. It's hard. Like it is, it is really hard mm. because when someone's been with you, through the tough times, like you're like, to be honest, like personally, you're, you're committed to that person, you know, they've given you like sweat, blood and tears. And, you know, you, you owe them back for that. Um, the challenge again is if that doesn't work for the team as it grows. Yeah. Like I, I, I think if you go through high growth, you're going to hit the stage where people who fit at the beginning will not fit down the line. And yeah, you talk about the kind of talk, toxic culture. It's interesting because, I don't necessarily think it's that people are bad. It's that their their attitude is absolutely fine when there's a few of you, but as you get bigger, right. may, maybe they break down when it comes to management. And so it, it, it like can create bad environments. It's not because the person's trying to do it. It's not because they're, bad, they're a bad person. It's because the, the team needs more from them, and and and, yes. and the pressure like the pressure changes people. Yeah, the pressure is hard to deal with. And you will get more pressure. You won't get less, by the way. Like if you if you're just starting, like and something my my dad always said to me, and they and they built you know a few like their business was like a few hundred million dollars, uh, and I was starting. It was tough, and the business was failing, and the founder was leaving. And he was like, he was like, these are the easy years, mate. He's like, trust me, it gets it gets when you have like hundreds of people working for you. He's like, and you can lose all that. That's hard. He's like, you're fine right now. So again, like, the, the pressure builds over time. So when these things happen, it's not that a person is bad. It's that, you know, circumstances and pressure can lead to, like, you know, individuals' impact on that culture changing over time. So you, you, you will pick it up late. I don't know any, at least if you're a first-time founder, like, everyone picks it up late. Um, but ultimately, you will hit a point when you have to um, change up the team. And if you look back to, I mean, we look at our culture. Like our, our culture has... It has matured, I would say. Again, we're not quite the same now as you were when there's like three of us in a bedroom, hacking away, working 24 hours a day. Um, you know, the team has matured as well. Like we have team members who like, 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 like I, I have a child. A few of us have children now. You know, we, that has to be taken care of in culture as well. You have to understand people have commitments. Um, but you need to go back to the roots. And we've thought about Again, maybe maybe I'm rambling here, but we 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 think about culture quite a lot. And we've always thought about it from the beginning. If you look at our brand, if you look at Bonjuro, like you'll see, we are quite gregarious. We do this thing where well, like every new employee gets gets to design their own bear suits. We we get team to retreat each year because we are remote. We have to do that. We do team calls uh, weekly, like monthly. Like well, we do a monthly roundtable with like every team in every time zone. Which is kind of hard because someone's <laughs> someone's someone's always either drunk or or, or on coffee or still asleep. <laughs> it, gets, <laughs> it gets tougher and tougher. Um, but we do it, and, it, and it's a culture thing. And then you know we're, we're starting to fly fly team together um, on an irregular basis, rather than just getting everyone together once a year. We're saying like, okay, let's bring the marketing team to Australia. Uh, let's send you know some of the guys to the states um, and getting getting small teams together. Um, Maybe the point I'm trying to make here is that more than anything, you have to work at culture. I don't think it's something that just runs and you're, you know, like 
you're, it's super easy when, when you're small. You will have a culture. The culture is defined by who your company is, like by, by who's in there. You don't have to think about it too much. Then like the brand of the company and, and the customer starts to Im- impact your culture. And then you kind of work out what it is. And then you start to hire for that. Um, as you grow, it's easier to leave that by the wayside. And mm. I think you're, you're hit a point and like I hit this where you look back and you're like, shit, we need to get a handle back in culture. And you come back to it. And again, to make it work, you have to really work at it. Like you have to do like, you know, you have to go and organize like for us, it's like camping trips and weekends away and, you know, lunches and, and getting people together, especially if you're a remote team. But you can't, if you don't do anything, they won't happen because everyone's just getting on with their job. Yes. Um, so that's the point I'm making is like for culture, think about it. Like think about it and work at it and don't drop that ball. And, and the bigger you become, the more important it is. And if you have individuals that then no longer fit that, cult, fit that cultural norm, you will need to ask them to move on because they can make huge differences to that culture and ultimately destroy it. No, I think it's it's spot on everything you're saying. I mean, um, you know, on on one hand, uh, like you said, as as you get bigger, um, more often than not, in everything you do in life, you have to get back to the basics. Right. Um, and when, you know, it's always interesting. The things that make us successful get us busy. We then get busy. And if we are not cognizant of keeping those uh, basics in our world that got us there in the first place, we will one way or another find our way back to those basics when, when we've, you know, hit these kind of glass ceilings at times because it's like, oh, wait a minute. The very things that make us successful in life and anything personal or business we must always find a way to keep those uh, in alignment with ourselves or a part of our day or a part of our, our, our being or our essence because that's why they got made us successful in the first place. That back-to-basics mentality, I think, is, is, is vital. And then the other thing that's interesting, too, in what you're talking about is you know, people's evolutionary process. How are they growing um, both in the external world and in their internal selves or, you know, when they get married or have kids or, you know, their uh, their life changes happen. So having a closeness in culture while people are evolving, um, for the most part, can probably, you know, everybody can move together in multiple lanes, you know, in parallel. But yeah, on occasion, you're right. There's going to be a few people who are like, listen. Culture just doesn't fit because my life is so different now and I didn't happen to evolve in a in a congruent manner to all of you guys. So I've got to go in a different capacity because I'm not being my best self. And we have to have that space to allow people to be like, hey, listen, I want you to be your best self. And if you're not in this particular environment or in this flow, then no worries either because I want you to go find wherever your flow is for you, you know, because that evolutionary process, you know. So I, I can only imagine going from two, three, four people <laughs> in one location to 15 worldwide um, and maintaining that um, connectedness uh, is everything, too. And, I, and you're also the other great point that you brought up. Sorry, I'm rambling, but you just had so many great points, um, <laughs> you know, is that if you don't I've noticed that if you don't stay on that that connectedness, even as little as like three, two, three, four months, if all you're doing is your job, but you're not a fully understanding what's going on in each other's worlds, you really can grow apart or even the mind can have a misunderstanding of what the other person or other people are quote unquote doing. I've seen that in in partnerships. I've seen that in, in, in you know, having multiple people, a part of something. Like if there's not a, a connectedness constantly going on and some time goes on, they almost can kind of feel like, well, what is, you know, what is Matthew doing? Well, what is so-and-so doing? You know, what is, you know, what, what's really going on over there? And, and the mind now can kind of almost come in with a new narrative. Um, and it's like, well, hold up a second. Like, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working just like you. Let's connect. Uh, so I think that you bring up a very valid point about um, maintaining that connectedness even across, cult, uh, across um, uh, not cultures, but uh, continents and countries and things like that. I mean, because... Uh, we do live in this online world where everybody I actually work with is not in the same location as me um, from here, here to the LA to the Philippines. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, so I totally get it. Um, and that connectedness is everything. Um, what, uh, you know, what, what other lessons have you learned in the 
Well, I like that you said that, you know, we, you, can, you can't afford to not hire talented people um, no matter where they are. Um, what other lessons have you learned in piecing together talent from around the world and allowing them to do what they do really well while everybody doing it well in tandem with each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I like, I like process. Yeah, there you go. And it's, process and establishing teams yes. is 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 part of this. Yeah, so like one thing I'll just say before, before I get into that is if if you start to hire people around the world, and like maybe we're biased here. Like 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 I I am British, you know. Other than what's happening, uh, I think today, um, <laughs> the UK was pretty was pretty global <laughs> before right. Brexit came in. Um, but like you grow up in kind of a Europeanish culture, you then go traveling. You come to like if you come to Australia, when you get here, there are a lot of immigrants here. So I have a couple of Australian friends, probably a couple of British friends, and the rest are Swedish and French and and Indian and uh, and God knows what. Yeah. So so you're already thinking in global mindset when you start to then hire a team who's around the world. The best thing about this is that you then have this wonderful culture where you. Like it, honestly, it's more interesting. You get you get different points of view, you know, coming in. You know, and if you hire devs from, from Manila and you fly them out here, then you learn more about their culture and that kind of comes in. And and then when you start to get a customer base, which is around the world, guess what? Everyone's better equipped to deal with different people in different locations, different you know ethics and stuff. And 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 it it, it makes growing globally easier and more fun. And it brings the spice to your culture, which is which is kind of wonderful. It, like, it makes everyone more open-minded, everyone more, like, anyway, like, it, it's a great thing to do regardless. And businesses, to be frank and honest, are only going to get more global. So the earlier you do it, the better it is. Like, yeah, if, if every single all your team members is Australian or English or American, you're probably not going to understand, you know, this weird Dutch guy that signs up. But it turns <laughs> out, you know, he's actually, he's, he's actually making jokes. <laughs> yeah, like, that's his sense of humor. So... To do this, um, <laughs> I was again okay, processes back to process, sorry, process and teams. Now, th this obviously gets easier as you get slightly bigger. When we started off, like you know, like I had a marketing was in the UK and London on his own, and he did a hit. Like say his name's Ollie, he did a, a hero effort. You know, be where we had all the product team here. Our first hire was in London. <laughs> this guy, uh, he was on his own for maybe kind of a year, I think, and. He bulled through that. Like, I'm being on your own and being the only guy in a, in a time zone that's 12 hours difference is hard. And we flew together and we met each other up and we, you know, still did, like, we started to get on Slack and started to do more of the time zone stuff. Um, and it worked out fine. We were then able to start to build a bit of a team around him. So it's so kind of like, uh, you know, we have a few people in, in Australia. They're not in Sydney. They're kind of distributed here as well. We have a few people in London. So these two little epicenters. Um, but then, you know, next guy we hire is in the States. And it's like, well, how do you bring him in? Well, by that point, we have a marketing team that is outside of Australia. So all the marketing teams outside of Australia. And, that, and that's good because that means that they all, they're kind of UK and so they're actually kind of on more similar And they work as a team. So they've always got each other to talk to. And it means that as a leader, as, a, as the founder, probably, or, or the CEO, um, you can start to step back. You don't have to worry about every individual and making sure they're all connected because they'll start to, you know, get together in their little teams. My product team is Australia and Manila, and they'll all have, you know, stand-ups that I'm not in because I'm because I'm off doing other things, mm. uh, and then and then get on with themselves. The same with ops. Um, and again, as you start to build these 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 little teams, it it starts to get magical. Like the first person, it is hard, and you have to care for them a lot. As soon as you start to put a couple, when you get to three people in a, you know, functional team, then they start to almost like you know, take their own little culture and go on. And then you can bring them back into the main company, you know, on a more irregular basis. But they have someone to go to. I think well, time zones, time, like again, time zones versus, you know, if you're remote teams in America, it is easier. Time zones, you will. So you, we, we use Slack. You'll end up using an online repository for for, for, for communication. Right. Um, one, one of the things to be very, very aware of here is the frustrations that boil up 
when one person's asleep and another person's awake. <laughs> so yeah, if that person's in isolation and they're having a shitty day and something's going wrong and there's no one there to answer them, like, like that, that's when you see things. And so I think what we tr- one of the processes we tried to really, really push towards is, it's about the process now, is how do you get to a stage where it's normal to, if you have a question, hop on Zoom or Skype and have a, literally like a three-minute conversation with someone. Yes. Not a half an hour conversation. Not have, to, not have to like fire up the video and off we go. Be like the same as you would turn around to someone and say, oi, what's this? Yeah, you do, do that on, on video. And those 20-minute Slack um, rabbit holes become a three-minute conversation and everyone's happy at the end rather than the alternative. So this is one that we haven't quite nailed, but trying to push that point where you start to treat remote working like turning around to a guy behind you. And, and it's hard to do. It's a... It's a real change in human behavior because um, it's easier just to type and keep working. You know, this is just, just how, how we've kind of evolved to, I think, working online. Um, and that's part of the process. Yeah, I, I think doing regular meetings. So, again, regular functional team meetings. So our, our UK team all go for breakfast every Monday. We do um, lunch on a Friday, like once a month here. Uh, we talk every single Monday without fail as an Australian team. We then do a team call. Again, I think this is really crucial. Once a month, second Tuesday of every month. I think 7 a.m. here, like 9 p.m. in the UK and middle of the afternoon in the States. Um, we all get on a call together. South Africa joins as well at some ungodly hour. And that call, we do go through what was great for last month, what's coming up. Each functional team presents their own part. So I kind of intro it and then it's over to the team. Everyone gets involved. It's honestly, it's mostly around culture. That call is there so everyone can kind of check in, say hi. New team members are introduced. We do that without fail. And over time, we've made that. We used to make the call all about business. And now it's like, honestly, it's about 10% business. And it's really about everyone having a say and having a chat. And it's more of a cultural thing. That's what's more important. Um, um, okay, keep, yeah. go, keep going. No, this is good. This is good. Um, uh, like, like uh, the, the other part of process if you are a, and this is biased towards a product company, and this is where we hit a lot of learning, like steep learning curves, was deciding what to build is always hard. Mm. Communicating to your team what you're going to build and more importantly, what you're not going to build is really hard, especially when they're in different time zones, it gets extremely hard. So, so what, what I mean here is for us, 95% of our customers are not in our time zone. So our support team, our CS team are dealing with customer input saying like, this is great. This is terrible. This is great. This is terrible. Build this, build this. And this all comes in. And if you're on the front line, you're hearing something saying, someone's like, we need this, we need this, we need this every single day. You're like, this is the most important thing. And you obviously want to filter that up, up to products. The product can take that on board and decide whether they're going to build it or not. And there's definitely a flavor of the week kind of scenario where one week this is the most important thing, next week this is the most important thing, depending on what's coming in. And obviously any support CS team sees this and kind of has to manage this. Now as a product team, as a product manager, you're taking all this information in and you're going, look, with limited resources, what are we going to build next? What is the most impactful for the company in terms of users, in terms of revenue, in terms of um, opening up next doors to growth and, and, and uh, product expansion? That's fine, but then you have to have a really good process for communicating this back to the team. Because if someone's in a different country and they feel like they're being ignored, mm. even though they're not, because especially someone you know new into products, if you have a thousand requests and you can you know, only build three, most of your requests are going to get not done. You need to have a really good way of showing that back and communicating and educating and letting the team understand why you can't build all those things. Um, that's, that, that, that's, that's a key point where a lot of frustration is. And also, like, we put, your sales team will get frustrated. Your marketing team will get frustrated. Your CS team will get frustrated. Your ops team will get like, like Everyone will feel it at some point. And so, again, with product maybe not awake when people are getting these frustrations, how do you make sure that people know they're being listened to and you know they're being heard, but you're saying, I hear you, I understand this. However, it's not going to break, break the product, but this thing that we're working on will do. And therefore, that has to take priority. So that's, that's probably one of the, the best. If you can get process in there, yeah, that's it. Focus on that. 
Well, you know, um, system processes are are everything, um, and they constantly evolving as as needs come up. And an underlying theme that I kept noticing is uh, communication. You know, first you're saying like um, when somebody is, you know, internally on the team, um, something that can be solved with a quick video. And I'm big into video too, by the way. Like, but that quick video call, like I'll, I'll FaceTime a lot of times somebody where I'll just, um, if there's an issue, I'm like, let's get on the call right now, right now. Like, because um, there's something different than when you're typing. And now I'm a good copywriter just by nature. So it's like I make people, anybody feel pretty good through text. But it's still not the same as when you can communicate either visually or audio, right? And especially visually. And I think it's I think that, that was great that you you brought that up. I think that's a fantastic point. It's like, no, 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 let's let's talk about it. Let's talk through it real quick. Then you brought up communication again inadvertently when you were saying how, yeah, you'll spend 10% of the time talking about the business. And then the other 90 is like, hey, checking in, like, where's everybody at? Um, that giving that platform um for people to to speak and connect yet again um brings um uh, creates an open space for for communication and connectivity, and then you're saying it again, yet again with with customers like, hey, you you're heard, you're not being ignored. We'll get right on that. And I I've I've pre I, you know there have been times where I've given talks at like universities or something like that, and and you know um, people talk about oh you know raising funds and you know and you know to get more customers like stop 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 stop. Uh, all you ever have to do is just love on your customer really 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 hard. You know, and just show them that you <laughs> just show them that you care. And they're like, "Oh, but what if you make a mistake? What if you this?" I was like, "Of course you're gonna make a mistake." I'm like, "That's called like life and relationships in general." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "But when you can own it and have such accountability towards it, yet tell them like, oh, I hear you. Yes, we've noticed a glitch. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate it, and I'm gonna get right back to you as soon as we have it fixed. Don't worry. I just wanted you to know that you were heard." I can't even begin to tell you how much more that transforms a company than the ones who like just don't communicate. You know, I think that's such a a, a, a fail on companies' parts out of that whole perfection and like you know, well, well, when we have an answer, we'll get back to them, or just just ignoring the people in general. It's so funny because you know, like that's that's everything. You just communicate them and have that accountability. They love you even more. I mean, I, I with the software I use, uh, you know, the other day, it was a huge glitch that they were experiencing with several members. I'm, I, I being one of them while you're running campaigns. And I called them up to like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yep, we've noticed this with several people. We'll keep you in the loop. No problem. And I, I just felt warm and fuzzy because they just, they take notice of me. Uh, you know, I, I just try not to worry too much about you know, the campaigns, it is what it is. And sure enough, within 20 minutes, it was all fixed. They followed up and they followed up again in the afternoon. Then they followed up the next day. Everything's still working well. I'm like, you guys, I have a love relationship with, <laughs> you know, you know, and it's that it's, it's, it's having that communication. And I just noticed that as you talk about all these different internal uh, team, external customers, and in your processes, there's communication at every step of the way. Yeah. So look, we're not perfect. And nope. <laughs> to be absolutely honest, I, I'm probably not a great copywriter. Like, I'm a visual guy. I'm like, someone will write me a paragraph of, of text, and I'm like, can you draw me a picture? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I have days where I've got a one-year-old, and she's losing her shit. and throwing me everywhere, and I'm, I'm, I'm just annoyed. I come in, and something blows up. Like, I am guilty of it. And the next day, I'm like, yeah, shit. I came across like a douche then. So, like, like I, I'm absolutely not perfect. Um, to that point about like damage control i mean th this this is like number one rule yeah like if you so the way you build advocate so you can build advocacy with a process yada 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 number one not the easiest way to get advocacy to get people who love you is when they have a problem and then you nail it and you mm -hmm. nail it and, and like you said communication is the key part to this yeah, to the extent, like, I've even, like, said, like, could, could you build a product, like, like, breaks on someone on purpose, and then you go and fix it, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, you fixed it. Now, you obviously wouldn't do that because, like, moral reasons, but the companies that I love are not the ones that have just worked perfectly from day one. They're the ones who have had issues, and they've just, like, and they just crush the support, like, every single time, because it gives you a reason to connect. It's a reason to go above and beyond the customers. It's a reason to show that you as a company, you as a brand, you as a team, you as a person. It's a reason to say, look, I'm a fucking superhero and I'll do this for you. You know, everyday life doesn't give you those opportunities. So if something does come in, like, it, honestly, best, like, if you have an angry customer, you're going to make that customer love you. Like, it's yeah. the best opportunity ever. Never let it go. 
Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's in a lot of ways it's it's kind of fun um, when because they're coming from whatever complexity and you're making their life easier and reducing the overwhelm. You're the superhero now in their world. They're like, oh my god, thank you. You're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And you know, sorry that that happened. <laughs> you just like keep it. such a calm, calm you know, demeanor that, and it's funny because that also has a ripple effect into their life, into their, their loved ones, into their world or wherever they're coming from. So like, why not behave that way? Why not instill that character even into, into the work that we do for others, you know, in, in solving their problems, you know, but yeah, I, uh, uh, not all cultures are the same <laughs> in terms of when I say business cultures, a business, like, you know, <laughs> not all businesses take that approach. Sometimes you call people and they're like just straight robots. And I'm like, can I speak to yeah. somebody else? You know, <laughs> so um, that's incredible what you what you've done so far. And uh, what you know, what what are some things uh, that are exciting about the platform right now that, you know, I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the features and things like that, because I, I know I alluded a little bit in the, when I was queuing up the, the episode, um, what Bonjoro does. Um, I now I saw it from a customer centric approach when I was um uh, showed in the platform and I got really <laughs> excited and all giddy about it because for me everything is about the CX that that customer experience and I'm like oh my god like I already know what I can do with all this you know to connect even more but I would love for you to talk a little bit about some of the features and, and things going on uh, and maybe or what you guys are getting ready to do next so, so we have kind of like, 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 like an ethos that so, so we, we coined this term maybe I think last year. We we're like, this is a, this is a great catchphrase. Turns out it's kind of become our ethos, and it's this idea of um, uh, automate pro- automate processes, but never relationships. Mm. And that is really what we're about. So, honestly, I'd say we're not a video company. We use video because like it, it's a great way of getting like attitude across. So like, pe- people see you and they're like, oh, I, li- I like this guy. Like again, like it, it, it's a it's a social aspect. It's a great way to communicate. What we're really doing with the platform, and we do this by, we, we plug into your CRMs, we plug into your softwares. You know, we say, it's not about just sending a video to, to a customer for the sake of it. We say, hey, look, someone's just performed X action. We know that if you spend 30 seconds connect, like taking time out of your day and checking in with that person one-to-one, you're they are much likely to solve that step or go and take step two, which you really need them to do. Um, so obviously like a very, a, very, a, very, a very easy example here is you have a new lead that comes in, they window shop, they check out your stuff and then they bounce. And you know, within the first couple of hours, you send a message, you say, hey, hey Jamie, saw you signed up from you know, Toys R Us and you had a little look around, but it looks like you got stuck because you never did anything. Uh, I, I just, my name's Matt from Australia. Did you need help? Mm. Um, and if you didn't need help, by the way, because I saw you did X but not Y, I put a little link on on this message. That that'll just take you to go and do Y. Um, if that's where you got stuck. By the way, have a wonderful day. You know, here's a snake. Whatever. <laughs> so if you do if you do that, yeah, like what what happens? That person like if that person watches that, they'll be like, oh, this is great. You know what? I'm going to go in and give it another try. So so all you're doing is it's not because you sent a video it's because they it's because they look at you and they go this is an online world all my interactions are on work online shit someone's taken time out of their day to actually say hi to me which which you know 50 years ago would be absurd because everyone did that anyway um but in that in today's environment it's not that common so if you then look if you then go back to what we do what we're trying to find out is when does it make sense for your sales team, for your CS team, for you as founders to take those minutes and talk to X customer at, at X point? When does it make sense from an ROI point of view? And, and I, I kind of hate the word term ROI, but you, you get what I mean. Like, you know, if I put a minute in here and they convert, which is three times more likely, ultimately that will benefit the business down the line here. Mm. Because a lot of people, a lot of people come in, they go, I don't, I don't possibly have time to send videos to all my customers. I'm like, well, how many customers do you have that pay? If those 20 customers are not worth 20 minutes a day, then you're either charging too, too, too little um, or you're going to have problems scaling up your mm. business or, or simply fat or, or somebody could compete with you or you can scale a lot faster. Yeah, like, like if, I've spend, if I've spent all my day, if I put all my energy into customers, the point of what we're trying to do is off the back of that is to 
really use Bonjour to work out when, when as a again founder CS salesperson, uh, it, it makes sense for you to go and inject a minute of of love of personal time or a couple minutes um, into a customer journey to improve the chances of that customer taking the next step down mm-hmm. down your funnel or staying with you longer or going and talking about you to all their friends and bringing in more leads. So really, again, the, the, the work we're doing now is around how do we get smarter about that? So can you plug Bonjour in and will basically be in a system which says, hey, so personal time is needed here, so personal time is needed here and here and here, and that's your five minutes done for the day. And from taking those actions every single day, your business will grow faster and your customers will hang around longer. Yeah, I you know I I saw exactly what you were trying to do when I first uh, was introduced to Bonjoro, and um, I, I um, I'm as I'm actually growing a streamlined. It's both a product and a done for you service. Uh, so the done for you services as an agency, but the the product itself can actually be um, quite managed by the individual. Um, but the first thing I thought of was this: I, I want to instill this from the very get go. Um, you know, and as we're kind of wrapping up things for launch, I had already kind of shown uh, my operational specialist. I was like, "This, this is how we, you know, how we must interact with every single person." And she's like, "I love it," you know, and I was like, "Yeah," because the idea of um, just like you said that the use case of, "Hey, I noticed um, you came in here and you did this, or you were looking at that." Um, here's a great link that might help you in the process, uh, you know, for putting that together. But if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out. That alone. <laughs> That's a game changer to be able to do that with a video. They're going to be like, "Who are you, people?" <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, so that's that's why I I got exactly what you're doing right away. And, and to think about how to implement that into your sales process or funnel um, is everything about you know because there's several different touch points you can have that with people, um, and then being able to manage that all in one like nice neat platform of saying like, "Oh, how did that do? Did it get delivered? How did they respond, etc." I think is fantastic. Um, so. It's a game changer. You guys got to be pretty excited about about where it's heading. We are. I mean, it's it's uh again. Look, so as I said earlier, we fell into this by a happy accident. <laughs> I didn't make it one day ago. I know it's a great idea. Let's do video messaging. You know, it was again. It was a hack that we were doing. I think like that has like huge benefits and, uh, and negatives. Yeah. Like so, the benefit is like there's obviously a problem because you're trying to solve your your own problem here. So, you know, find a problem, yes. not, you know, find a need, not a want. So we obviously found a need. Turns out people had a need. So like you had instant validation before we even sold the first one, um, which is a great place to start. The challenge then is that, is that you're building this thing, but yeah, you know, and you're, you're running as fast as you can and you're going, who is even buying this? Like, like who are our customers? Like, we have no idea who our customers are. Like it just starts to take itself off. You're like, you know, what 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 language are they using? What industry are they in? What do they want next? And so, you know, it, although it's, it's exciting, like you have this stage where you know, we see this, we, we have like an incredibly broad range of customers that come in. You know, we have vets, we have medical practices, we have mm-hmm. universities, we have SaaS companies, um, like like you like you name it, and you're looking at it and going, what does everyone? What problems does everyone have in common? We've got quite a fan of the whole kind of jobs to be done attitude but even so you know if you're an individual consultant compared to like a SaaS team with, with you know with 50 cs people your needs are quite different and so we're like well can we build product that satisfies the needs of all these customers or do we have to segment and pick favorite customers or do we have to build different i mean there's a massive juggling challenge here because you haven't come into the industry knowing what you're going to do at day one you're trying to work it out as you go and I mean, it's fun. But I'm creative. I love I love chaos, but but it's but it's chaos. Well, yeah, there are two two very interesting things that you bring up. One, you're right, a happy accident. It's the only reason why I'm, I'm doing the thing that I'm doing now is because I solved an innate need that everybody started seeing. They're like, "How'd you do it?" I'm like, "Uh oh." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, "Did I?" I was like, "Cause I've already got four other things." I'm like, "Am I really doing this? Am I in the middle of this?" And then like these customers are coming in. I'm like, "All right, here's how we're gonna build the plane while we're while we're flying it." Like, yeah. here's how we're going. and and you know, so there's that part. But then you, the other part, important part that you brought up is you just don't know what you don't know until you start having these customers and you start seeing their innate different needs uh, or similar needs in a lot of ways too. And where the segmenting starts to come in and you're like, ah, I see like what we're solving. Um, that data that's coming in is very helpful. So again, staying close to the customer to recognize like what needs to be changed in real time 
that is also relevant and in within your scope of what you're trying to accomplish with the mission of the company and the brand. So I think it's you bring up just two very valid points, you know, solving something first for, your, <laughs> for yourself in a happy accident. And then, of course, scaling at the speed of the data that you're you're realizing from the the people that you're helping. And that will solve most people's problems <laughs> if they stop trying to be a startup and then just simply just help the people that they're intending to help, you know. Um, it's amazing. Where, where can everybody find out about you online and find out about Bonjoro? Find out maybe you know connect with you. Uh, I'd love I'd love for you to actually like. Oh, I heard you. Uh, you should do a video and say, Oh, you heard me on Hustle Sold separately, huh? Well, you know, glad to connect with you. Where where can people find out about you? Yeah. So so if if, if you do want to test out, if you hop into Bonjoro, it's free for a couple of weeks. Uh, one thing you will get is, is we do still send a video to every single customer. I still probably do 20 of those every morning. That's awesome. So there's a chance to get a video from me. If you do just reply, it'll come back to my personal inbox. Like I will be the guy talking to you. Um, I do it to make sure I stay connected to the product the whole time. Um, otherwise, probably best place is to hunt me down on LinkedIn. So look at Bonjoro, look at typing Papa Bear. There's a guy in a bear suit. That, that's me. You can't, you can't <laughs> really go wrong. But honestly, if you want advice or have questions, like I love help, helping other um, entrepreneurs, especially. Like we run a, run a big group of surfing entrepreneurs here in Australia, naturally. So do reach out. Any questions? I'm an open book. Um, I'm more than happy to help. Um, and yeah, that's I can. That's awesome. And first of all, thank you for your time, uh, especially getting up at five in the morning. <laughs> and being all good. And, five and, a- what's that? The five. five the, the five a.m. club. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you haven't tried it. I do it. It's 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 life changing. I you know I've I've been on the five a.m. club. Well, I used to be on it without knowing about it a long, long, long time ago. And then I uh, then I I went on it about a year ago, half a year ago, something like that. Uh, after reading Robin Sharma's five a.m. club, and uh, I do it. I do it four forty five every morning. I wake up, and then I do the movement. I right. do the gratitude and the the prayer and and uh, meditation, and then I do uh, business reading and whatnot. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for being on the the podcast, being on the show. I, I'd say this to all of our guests. You're welcome back on anytime. It's a journey-driven podcast. So uh, what you guys are learning in years three and four uh, could be quite different, even just three months, six months from now. <laughs> so, um, you know, we can pick any number of topics, uh, you know, about that you're, you know, passionate of on the journey. Um, and I'd love to, to have you back on in the near future. Awesome, Matt. Thanks for having me anyway. Absolutely, awesome. absolutely. And stay tuned. I'll uh, I'll be sure to keep you posted on, on the launching of this. And uh, you know, just really, really appreciate everything that you guys are doing. For everybody listening, you got to go check out Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O uh, on, on, uh, on, well, of course you can find them on social, but on, um, uh, at the Bonjoro.com. It's an amazing, amazing uh, platform with uh, basically personalized video um, during the customer journey. Uh, just go check it out. Like you will not be disappointed. And yes, they will get back to you ASAP. Um, and uh, really appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, so everybody listening for our guest, uh, Matthew Barnett, co-founder of Bonjour, for myself, Matt Gosman, and for the hustle sold separately, we are out.